was. I'm hearing it too. Hear that. Yeah. Like drive. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Darth Coleman. soundtrack geniuses around the world you're listening to the soundcast the official podcast of tracksounds.com i am your host christopher coleman you're listening to episode 39 our awards reaction slash oscar prediction show and on the line with us today we have the honorable helen san all the way down in peru how are you helen i'm fine thank you excellent and marius holding down the fort in canada how are you marius excited excited <laughs> Yeah, this is always a fun episode. <laughs> and Richard Buxton, alive and kicking and awake all the way in the United Kingdom. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. <laughs> and we also have a special guest tonight joining us for this particular podcast is Michael Coleman, who is the founder and director of one of the best sites about movies and sound and uh, scores that you'll find called Soundworks Collection. And uh, if you haven't visited that site, I highly encourage you to. It's at soundworkscollection.com. Uh, they have great video pieces that they do on all the behind-the-scenes th- uh, behind stuff, sound effects, sound mixing, and, uh, and film scores, and video game scores, and composers, and really excellent work. Um, was founded in 2009 as, in conjunction with Mix Magazine, but now it's, it's doing its own thing. Uh, Michael Coleman, welcome to the Soundcast. Chris, you're hired. I love it. You should be someone selling... Ad, ad spaces. <laughs> I think you know more about it than I do. I appreciate it. It's, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Oh, well, we're glad to have you on. And just for the sake of letting everyone know, with a last name like Coleman, I had to reach out and have you come on the Soundcast because that's just a must. <laughs> but there appreciate is no it. relation there except for maybe about 30 generations back, maybe. Who knows? There um, you go. Yeah, but uh, well, it's it's a it's a honor for us to have you on, and um, I love your site, and I love the pieces that you guys do. I think I I think I've watched every single one of them that had anything to do with film music in it, um, right and uh, just high quality stuff. And appreciate cool. what you guys do. Um, so welcome, and um, we're gonna jump right on in our our topic for tonight. As I mentioned, uh, we're gonna do some a little a little award awards reaction and some Oscar prediction. We did this a year ago and I re-listened to that episode. That was an interesting episode, episode 20, I think it was. Um, and so we're going to be talking about what we predict, uh, what score, what, what score is going to win best score and what score we think should win best score from the Oscars this year. But before we do all that, 
we like to talk about what we've been listening to. And it's been a couple weeks. And so I think we should have some pretty interesting titles to talk about. Uh, Richard, just so we can keep you engaged and awake, what have you been listening to <laughs> lately? Um, lately, I've been listening to a lot of James Horner music. Hmm, why? Um, normally, normally uh, it happens all the time. I don't listen to him for months. And then right. for the one, one or two weeks, I just listen to him exclusively. Um, Is that because so listen- of Black Gold coming out? Uh, no, I watched um, The House of Sand and Fog oh, the other awesome. day. So, yeah. That was kind of the trigger. So I've been listening to that one, uh, Beautiful Mind, Deep Impact uh, by Centennial Man, which, I mean, I suppose they are kind of interchangeable because you, when you listen, you hear all the same three themes, same threads, <laughs> but they're so good that I don't yeah. really care. So. Yeah, I mean, isn't that, shouldn't that be a credit to him that he can use the same stuff, but yet it yeah. sounds good anyway? <laughs> it does I sound mean, very, That should good. be a feather in his cap, not a... Not a um, check mark against him i don't know what the opposite of a feather in the cap is um feather in the butt (laughs) (laughs) um what else what have you been um also crisis too okay we did that that again um finished that a long time ago i didn't really listen to it that much but uh zimmer right yeah and two other guys uh oh yeah zimmer yes film and celesco that's right yeah, pretty good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think in terms of the main theme, it's, it's okay. But it's, Hans Zimmer did the main theme, I think. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, I think the music is a step above that theme. So the New York theme, um, it's all of it, really, really good. I'm surprised they haven't done more stuff, really. I've only yeah. heard one more score of theirs, and I can't actually remember what it's called. I had never heard of them before that. Yeah. One. So I think somebody cool. should hire them sometime soon <laughs> for something a bit bigger. Of course, Crisis. Crisis is pretty That's big. Pretty big. But, but I mean, otherwise, other the other stuff they've done is pretty obscure, I think. Yeah. So somebody yeah. ought to get on the phone, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm sure uh, Mr. Zimmer's doing everything he can. He, yeah. They're probably involved with some of his other stuff uh, as well. Cool. Anything else? Um, Not really, no. No? Okay. <laughs> Marius, what have you been listening to? I've been on a um, Joe Hisaishi kick lately. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I I kind of have uh, periods of time where I feel like I have to go through his entire catalog again and just <laughs> absorb the wonder that is his output. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's it was sparked because I recently came across a score of his that I had not heard before from a Korean show called uh, Legend of the Four Gods or Legend of the Kings oh, Four Gods. Or... We've talked about that multiple times on the show. I know, but I hadn't heard it. I hadn't, oh, you hadn't like, heard it. Okay. Yeah, so now I finally I finally got to hear it, to listen to it, to spend some time with it, and I am very glad that I did. It's a wonderful, Amazing. wonderful score. Absolutely There's great. Both volumes? There's volume one and a volume two. I've only, I've only listened to the first one. Um, uh, so... It's kind of repetitive, but it's joy. Yes, you got to have both volumes. Yeah, so I, so I'm gonna hunt for the second volume, but that's that's basically what I've been doing is I started there and then I just went backwards through the rest of my collection of his work and and have been enjoying myself immensely. Nice. Well, yeah. How could you not with with that as your as your menu? Um, Michael, what have you been listening to? Oh God, I'm, I was just thinking. I'm listening to you guys, and I started thinking. I'm like, oh man. No, don't make long... up anything. Just, just. No, 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 no. It's, no, it's, it's more of a more of a long list here. It's the laundry list. Oh God. Oh, give um, us the ones that you have the most to say about. I guess. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely have been digging into more of the recent stuff that's that were more the, part of the Oscar ramp up from the oh gosh, well, just the general stuff. War Horse with um, you know John Williams, mm-hmm. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross for Giant Tattoo, Giacchino for Mission Impossible, and uh, mm-hmm. Alexander Desplat for Tree of Life, and I, I just. Got recently the Chemical Brothers, the Hannah soundtrack, which awesome. I, haven't had, I haven't heard it yet. I'm, like, I'm the only one who hasn't heard it yet who, who's into it. But I just got uh, it the other day, and I got to spend some time with that and see what's going on. You uh, saw the flick, right? I haven't, not yet. Okay. I have this, I have this terrible thing actually. Is I listen to soundtracks sometimes before I see the movies, which is kind of a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool uh, experience, I think. Because sometimes yeah. like you. You hear the cues and you're like, wait, that's not how I, I thought it would be. Yeah, it kind of yeah. pulls you. That's actually how it was for um, for Warhorse. I had the soundtrack for like a week yep. or two before the film, and then I think like every cue I could like tell the in and out, and I was like, man, this is just a totally different experience. But I don't know. Yeah. There's there's a few. Um, I don't know, I've I've also kind of fallen into love with the stuff from uh, if you guys know Zach Hempsey. Yeah, uh, he did the trailer music for Inception. Yeah, I mean he has his own um handful of tracks that he produces and put out and puts out on C D and I've just it's kind of a go to. It's it's just really good hmm. music. So nice. That's my short list. No, that's good. And we kinda chuckle about Hannah because Hannah for the entirety of la- well, for the for I'd say half the year, Hannah yeah. came up in about every podcast we did <laughs> so, so that's why we were kind of laughing when you said that because i thought I, and that was one of the things that i said in this cast like this is one of the first this is the first time that hannah yeah. has not come up in- <laughs> and we won't we won't taint you positively yeah. or negatively but if you want to listen to any of the past episodes you yeah. will be tainted Extremely, uh, <laughs> but right, it'd be it'd be interesting to get your reaction on, on what you think of both the movie and the score. We have varying opinions on that for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm always interested to see what artists like Chemical Brothers or Daft Punk or even Trent, you know, Trent Reznor, Atticus, guys who are coming from the music world, do for the movies. Because sure, I try to separate the two in my mind, but I'm always surprised. What do you mean separate the two? Well, just in terms of you know saying you know the music that they pr- put out as an artist as themselves. Versus oh, I see. film, you know, for a film is, you know, hope I like to think that it's it's the same but different at least. E- yeah, if that makes sense, <laughs> it, it it does it it does make sense. Um, uh, but I'm not sh- well. Well, I think I don't, we don't want to taint. I don't want to taint. There's you. there's more. Hand, I guess I, I think of it as there's more hands in the pot in terms of more people involved who are dictating how the music ends up in the final presentation i guess right yeah you you're you're right (laughs) you are right well those are those are some good picks uh, very oscar-like picks um helen what have you been listening to um i don't know about you guys but i always listen to something uh, i'm reviewing like six to nine times before i write the review so tinker taylor soldier spy all week (laughs) (laughs) and um the artist i recently got the artist Uh and uh the greatest miracle again by mark Mm. mckenzie yeah wonderful wonderful score yeah fantastic fantastic well that's that's good list um so with tinker taylor being what you listen to the most so are you feeling nice and like sleuthy and spy like 
Uh, <laughs> not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, well, it's not. Um, I think I said in my review that uh, it reminds me of old men drinking in the dark. <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to stupor. Funny. Oh, man, I think we just retitled your review. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, and, that, and I should have your review up maybe tonight even. Depends on how long we go here. But <laughs> but that's good. Old men drinking in the yeah, dark. Yeah, we should retitle that. <laughs> it sounds like Tolkien. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's funny because the, the thing I heard about uh, um, Dragon Tattoo was e- either there's trying to light a cigarette or find a uh, cell phone reception. So it could be like <laughs> same type of thing. Like throughout the movie, that was like the theme. That's interesting. That's funny, man. <laughs> well, good good titles. Um, I've been listening to a lot, but the three I'll, I'll mention first is Haywire by David Holmes. Uh, I love this score. Uh, I haven't been able to see the movie yet, but I'm very anxious to see it. Um, has a pretty good cast. The star, I forget the woman's name right now, but uh, she's a—I don't know if she's an ex-UFC uh, fighter or what, but uh, or maybe she still does do that. But um, very born identity-ish kind of a thing. But the music is fantastic. It's just this kind of throwback '70s jazzy soul funk kind of deal. You know, just something you might hear from Lala Schifrin or. Uh, something like it's it's amazing it's amazing soundtrack um and then um movie score media is releasing uh, michael Kamen's. i think they said it was his last score called back to gaia and that is also amazing if you if you love his if you love his stuff for band of brothers or um robin hood i mean it's got this big sweeping epic kind of thing going on which i love of his uh, that's his my favorite stuff from him uh, and they only produced supposedly 1,000 CDs, so I've already ordered one of those. Um, so I highly, highly recommended uh, Back to Gaia by Michael Kamen. And then lastly, Movie Score Media is also releasing or has released Man to Man by Patrick Doyle, which is also pretty fantastic. In fact, this January has been a really good year or month for music for me. Uh, just some of these releases that have been coming out, some very much unknown, but just some really good stuff coming out, and it kind of makes me excited for uh, for this year. Um, so that, that I didn't miss anyone, did I? So many on the line. <laughs> I think I got everyone. Uh, that's what we've been listening to, and so you are wonderful listeners. We want to know what you've been listening to, and um, we want you to let us know by email, by phone, on Twitter, however you'd like to tell us. Share with us the gems that you found that we might have missed. And you can do that by emailing us at our new email address, soundcast at tracksounds.com. Or you can call our uh, special phone number just for you and leave us a voicemail, 407-512-0614. You can leave us a voicemail at that number. Or, of course, you can tweet us at tracksounds. And let us know what you've been listening to. Uh, before we get into our uh, main topic of the night, we do have one sidetrack we'd like to hit up. Um, a day or two ago, I was I tweeted out there that um, I thought Tron Legacy and Inception uh, were two scores that could be considered iconic, and they both happened to come out. I said, actually, two of the most iconic scores in the last 10 years or so, uh, last decade, from 2001 to 2010. Uh, and they both came out in 2010. And that kind of started an interesting discussion with several people. Um, and so I wanted to throw that by you guys. One, do you think 
do you consider those scores iconic in any way? And two, I guess we should actually, it should be one, what is an iconic score uh, by your definition? Um, and so I just wanted to throw that out there to you guys and what do you guys think? I, I know I have my definition and I consider both those iconic, but what do you guys think about that and, and those scores falling into that category? Uh, well, actually, this is something. It's funny. I didn't. Um, I didn't answer your tweet the other day because I. I stopped and I was like, "Oh, that's that's easy." It's uh, and then I found myself going off on tangents and and <laughs> coming up with a whole bunch of titles. And then I went back and said, "Okay, but what is the definition of an iconic score?" And da da da. So, um, I think it's difficult. I think that is is the starting point. I mean, if if an iconic score is one that sticks in your mind, um, that that you will remember, and that. Um, does something to you that that makes it unforgettable uh, then that's one definition if on the other hand it's iconic in the sense that uh, it does it, it has some contribution to film music as a whole that it changes a paradigm it, it brings us to a new area does anything like that mm. I think that's a separate definition because in that mm. case I might put um, social network a, as an iconic score it certainly did not impress me it's not sticking with me it's not you know I, I didn't enjoy it however yeah. in terms of um, doing something crazy that the industry hadn't really seen before I think it definitely would fit under that definition so just see I would call it something like that a, a, a game changer or a milestone something like that right um, okay yeah so, so maybe then... it's maybe it's splitting hairs but I, I don't know if I'd call that as well iconic Okay, no, that's fine. That's that's. So, but that's, that's just so, my definition, right? But um, but I see what you're saying, and that makes sense. Yeah, I do agree with you on Tron, though. I think that um, especially now that we've uh, we've had some time with it, and and um, I know you and I have both had the interesting experience of listening to it more and more, and, and having it grow on us. Mm -hmm. um, and I I would agree with you that it was iconic. Um, I don't know so much about Inception, to be honest with you, because it, it to me Inception is really sort of um, how can I put it? It's it's kind of like an extreme version of the sorts of material that Hans Zimmer had been putting out already. Like it, it sort of felt like the same kind of uh, aesthetic, just pushed even further. So I don't know that it was really as new or as fresh or as. Um, but I guess it was iconic in the sense that um, it does stick with you, yeah. If only for its volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, uh, yeah, and I, I think the definition that I actually tweeted out in follow up was that something to me is iconic if you can, in relation to music, is iconic if you, if you, if it sounds familiar, even though you can't couldn't name where you heard it first and when you heard it, but it's just like, yeah, I know that. To me, that's an that's something that's iconic. That you that, that there's some familiarity, some recognizable thing, and that and that one maybe not the whole score of either one of those would be iconic, but um, certainly like derezzed from from Tron Legacy, uh, or, and then the, the 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 sample of Edith Piaf um, and that and that brass hit over and over and over again. I mean, people are you hear that. Not everywhere, but quite often now. It's been integrated into all kinds of other music for trailers, um, used for sports, and it's not it's not Inception. They've people have taken that element and are now using it. To me, that that's an iconic an iconic element, um, and so I put it in that. In yeah, that fair range. enough. 
Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, anyone else have any thoughts on that? Tron Legacy, Inception, are they iconic? Mm. Are you saying for the decade or for just 2010? Um, well, I actually said two of the most iconic scores in that in from 2001 to 2010. Oh, I was, yeah, was going to say... I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't uh, say... I would say Lord of the Rings is iconic well, for yeah. this decade. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I didn't say they were the only. I'm saying okay, two, right. two of the... the most... Of the, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't put it in the most. I, I, I'd say, you know, for the decade, I'd put Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings as the most. Hmm. Uh, that's, but... that's a good point. I, I guess Harry Potter. I mean, but Harry, I mean, which Harry Potter? You know, the, the oh, you John know, the Williams' main, main John, theme? Yeah, of course. Yeah. John Williams' main theme. I mean, he's yeah. the king of icon, if you want to. You know, yeah. I mean, is there anything he's ever done where, you, you know, you just yeah. can't recognize right away? It's a household. Yeah, I'll name you one. Um, <laughs> Munich. Munich would be one. Okay, I couldn't yeah. tell you what that sounds like right now. All right. Really? Yeah. I, I never really connected. To, I mean, it's, maybe it's just me, but I, I don't know what that sounds like. Oh, my God. That was one of my favorites of his. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. For, so, you know, obviously there's a lot of subjectivity to this, but. All right. He scored a lot, but I'm just saying. No. <laughs> I just wanted to give you one. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. one out there. I stand that, corrected. <laughs> but I'm just um, saying, you know, he, he's really good at iconic music. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I love him for it. Just not I was, Munich. I was even going to say, uh, I don't know where you guys stand with it, but with uh, Thomas Newman's For American Beauty, I mean, it's. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah. when I, I mean that was one of the scores for me that kind of got me into music I, soundtrack I, scores. You're you're right, Michael. Don't let Chris bully you. He's just I, I, I don't understand. I mean, I listen to that score and it's like that sounds like all of these others. Why is that one pulled out? And I mean, and it's not. I've I hear this all the time from many people, and I'm like, I don't get it. I just don't get it. What, I, I so you tell me what's uh, what's what's so appealing about that one for you? Well, I, I think it's just the instrumentation that they're not. It's not as orchestral as maybe some others obviously are, but I think yeah. instrumentation and and just how the soundtrack was used in the film, and then I don't know. It's it's not an over. It doesn't wash over the whole film. It's you know it's yeah definitely complements the the filmmaking. So. I don't know. I, it's, I think it was. I, I can't. I can't defend myself enough. But I think it was just when I was getting old enough to get outside of whatever was playing on the top sure. forty, sure. Or whatever on the radio. I looked at the other stuff, and that was that's what was playing at the time. But yeah, yeah. Was it two thousand one or something? Something like that. Yeah. I, I would say that sound is iconic because he uses it uh, in that in that in the early two thousands. He used it a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, for me, they all kind of run together. And But if I hear just a couple notes, I'll know, hey, that's Thomas Newman. And but so I'll, that sound yeah. is iconic. Chris, are you I'll, calling Thomas Newman an interchangeable formulaic <laughs> hack? I would never call any composer anything like that. And anyone who would do that is not worth our time. Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, I mean, I was also yeah. going to throw into the mix Michael uh, is Michael Kamen for Robin Hood, Prince of mm-hmm. Thieves. Mm-hmm. Good score. Good score. Uh, uh, what else was there's Well, John Williams is. It's hard to not pick something. I mean, uh, but again, I I can't. I mean, it can even be a terrible score, right? But it can be iconic. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just I like, something that you yeah. just remember. Jurassic you know? Park. 
Yeah, yeah. That's '93 though. That's going way back. Unless you're talking about one of the other Jurassic Parks. I don't think uh, was there one in 2000s. Jurassic Park three. I guess yeah, yeah. Three was in the 2000s. But that was Don Davis, if my memory serves. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Richard. There he is. <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um. Well, any other thoughts on uh, an iconic? It's very to me. It's a very specific thing. Like I said, it could be a bad score and subjectively speaking but still be an icon in your mind I think Inception is definitely an iconic score yeah yeah I wouldn't say Tron Legacy so much I mean I love the score but compared to Inception I think people will remember that um, and I think it's a case of what you were saying before also um, influence that it has on others so mm-hmm. the trailers um, Steve Jablonski I mean I know he's one of Hans Zimmer's uh, kind of students but he used that a lot in the Transformers, and then the Transformers trailer used it, and That's then true. the trailer for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 used it, Battlefield 3. It's true. So, I'd say. It's kind of not fair, because in that in that specific thing, because it's like, you know, he's a part of the whole remote control yeah. deal, and, you know, it, it's, it's all in the family kind of stuff. Um, but I hear what you say, and I tend to agree, because it's been used by other people. Yeah. Other than those guys, and Tron, and I say Tron Legacy is because their music's used in commercials. I forget what cologne ad it's in, but when I first saw that, I was like, "Wait a minute, that's Tron Legacy, and you're selling cologne with that?" <laughs> you know, that's the kind of stuff to me that says, "Hey, this has transcended the yeah. genre that it's from. It's now become something else. Maybe it's just commercially iconic, but you know what I mean." That and that's so. Those are some of the reasons why I say that something that transcends the little genre we're talking about you know to me be, can become an iconic thing but interesting um i never thought american beauty would come up in this conversation oh, i'm two that... for two it sounds like <laughs> um uh any other thoughts about what what is an iconic score or what are other iconic scores from the last decade would you say i really i don't really uh, think sorry. that many uh, Go ahead. gladiator is one I thought about that. Maybe the sound, Lisa Gerard, uh, vocal style. Yeah, yeah. That kind of did set. Although I think that other movie with Russell Crowe in it about the uh, whistleblower guy. Uh, uh, insider. Yeah, I think she did something similar on that score first, if memory serves. But yeah, I, I, yeah that Lisa Gerard thing, I think that kind of set some things in motion. You heard a lot of copies of that afterwards yeah that's a good call i think what do you guys think yeah i think it's worth a mention it did yeah. certainly inspire a lot of other um subsequent uses of vocals in a similar way yeah yeah identifiable um only thing is i don't know if, if it was glad like you say i mean that it would be hard to pin down exactly which score was responsible yeah like i i'm not i'm trying to think back now i i can't I don't necessarily know that I would say, oh, Gladiator was the one that really drove it home. I'm, I'm not sure if I could zero in on it as, as easily, which suggests to me that it's not quite so iconic. But if you can't, if you can't put some other ones up, then that would kind of push Gladiator into yeah. that iconic realm. You know what I mean? It represents yeah. that sound. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be comfortable iconic. including um, Gladiator in a, in a list like this for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right, cool. Well, if there's no other thoughts on that, we will move forward into our main topic of the night, 
which is our Oscar prediction. So, something that we should talk about. And I just wanted to go through some of the other awards that have already been given out this year and quickly just get some reaction from you guys on on uh on these and we won't spend too much time on it but this could be fun maybe we will spend some time on it um la film critics gave out their best music award and that went to hannah (laughs) um yeah (laughs) and my response to that was hey they're from california what do you expect and i'm from california so i can say that um that surprise anyone not really. <laughs> I, I wish I could say it did. I, I wish I could say like, oh, what an outrage. But no, not really. Uh, well, see, so on one hand, Michael, this is kind of preparing you. Hey, it's already won the best score award from the L.A. Film Critics. Yeah, but I mean, L.A. can't be the whole world, right? Or the rest of the industry, or can it? <laughs> um, let's hope not. I think, let's hope not. I, don't, I mean, I, I, I can't really dive into that only because I haven't heard it. Yeah. But if it's if it's being recognized, then pay attention. That's all I can yeah. say. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it can't be overlooked. Obviously, you you won't be able to not pay attention to it. <laughs> I'll just say that you can't not you can't ignore it. There's no way. Um, Boston Film Critics, very interesting. There they have a category called Best Use of Music, and they give two awards out. And they gave one to the artist, and the other one to Drive. I can't think of two scores more diametrically opposed, um, but I like the category's name, Best Use of Music. Uh, I think of the Academy, and we've talked about this in past episodes, if they had an additional category like that, that would open the door up for a lot of scores which are disqualified by the current uh, qualifications. Um, and I don't know if there's much to say about that. Anyone surprised about that? Is there any comment on yeah, they gave away two awards for the same category? Yeah, why is I, that? Is it a tie or how's it seen? I don't I don't know. It just listed them both. It didn't say tie, <laughs> it just said They shake hands and, and take an <laughs> yeah. award and walk away. I don't know. Yeah, I'd never have never seen it before, but maybe it was a tie. I have to investigate that. Is, is, I just uh, wanted to say that I like the I like the decision. I think it's it's very good of them to recognize two different um types of exceptional scoring. Yeah. Uh, and and use of music like you were saying it's they're they're quite uh, they, they live on opposite sides of the spectrum of how to do a film score and uh, yeah. and I really appreciated the fact that they actually did give uh recognition to both sides you know yeah. uh, not just the cool side yeah <laughs> Although, what the artist you're not saying the artist is cool <laughs> well see the artist is an oscar baby so I don't I don't know we'll see uh, okay okay yeah i i kind of like it too um well where uh, where does everyone stand for drive i mean i don't know <laughs> For you guys, but how do you? Where do you guys stand with the Drive uh, soundtrack? Well, uh, I'll let someone else go first. <laughs> well, I'll go first because I've tried to listen to the sound clips and I could not get interested. I just really didn't see the hoopla, what mm. the hoopla was about. So mm. that's all I have to say. Okay, Marius, I want to put me first. Okay, fine. Um, You're second. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> No, I'm in between you and I. Um, oh. I, I had a, um, I don't remember, it was two or three weeks ago, I, I had a moment where I was like, you know what, everyone on my Twitter feed is like continually raving about this drive score, I must listen to it. 
So um, grabbed it on iTunes, uh, or from, I don't remember where from, but uh, listened to it, and I enjoyed some of it a lot, and some of it I found very dull, and I I tried to sort of zero in on the tracks that people were uh, liking a great deal, and I just wasn't. I don't know. It, it didn't. It didn't impact me the way that um, I had expected that it should, based on based on all of the hype. It is. It's a. It's a fun. Well, not fun. It's a cool score, but eh, I, I don't know. It just. It didn't do too much for me to elevate it beyond um, expectation or beyond mediocrity. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Richard, um, I don't really think much of it. I never have. With uh, his music, so okay, not much to say other than I don't think it lives up to the hype. Hmm, okay, well, I'll say that at, you know, before seeing the film, I didn't really like it much. I just was like, yeah, you know, same old, same old. After seeing the film, I was like, you know, that worked really well within the film. You know, the film shocked me. I mean, I, I knew that there was violence in it, but it was so mellow up until the point the first act of violence takes place. <laughs> and then I was like, holy moly, what the heck is this going to be all about? Um, and and it really it really got my attention, and, and uh, everything became more enhanced at that point. And, and subsequent listens since then, I have to admit, I enjoy that score now. Um, if I have it on when I'm doing other work or whatnot, I, I, there's something about it that I've grown to appreciate. Same with Contagion. I didn't think it was fantastic at first, but after I saw the movie and then listened to it quite a few times more, I re- there's something that I connect to, uh, which is a surprise to me as it is to you probably listening to this. Um, Can I just... So I, yeah, go for it. I just wanted to jump in because you mentioned Contagion and I had an interesting opposite experience. You'll recall I was not a fan uh, of the score um, because I saw it first in the film and in the film I thought, wow, this could do so much better. And it just, mm. it's weird. It stood out to me. Didn't like it in the film. Uh, but on album, when I listened to it, I enjoyed it a great deal more. So mm. I, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's odd. I had a, a reverse experience there. Because I thought it worked. I thought it was perfect for the film. I mean, could they have done other things? Maybe, but it was just so cold and medicinal. It and was cold. I think just my, like the film was. Yeah, my biggest issue with it was how it was actually implemented. I felt some of the entrances and exits of the music were oh, very, very obvious. Like you it was, mentioned that before. Yeah, and and that was what really bugged me. I mean, the music itself. I like you say it. It should have been clinical. It should have been chilly and and and. It, it definitely accomplished that, but just the way that it all came together and played with the film was off-putting oh, okay. to me. I just, I didn't, I didn't like that. So, so the the mix or the edit of it in the film, right? And but that's that's why I say, you know, when I when I spent time with it outside of the film, and I wasn't worried about okay, it, it's cutting in and out, and it, transitions are weak, and it's just weird against yeah. the footage. When it was just the music that I was focusing on, I was like, you know what, awesome, cool, very good. Hmm. Okay. So, all right, Michael. What are your thoughts on drive? Oh man, I'm glad I'm last because I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a. Well, here here how do I set it up? I set it up by like I saw the film from the opening sequence of like this '80s vibe with the drive titles and Ryan Gosling just being this like it felt like like, like Grand Theft Auto esque. Yeah, know if that even yeah. makes sense. But like yeah, it well, is. Well, you're driving a car in Grand Theft Auto. I guess that makes sense. But uh, <laughs> I liked it, and I, I've actually it's been a while since I've watched out a movie theater and had people actually talking about the music whether good or bad but just talking about it which is an indicator hmm. that p- 
people are maybe you know vibing from it but yeah i i thought it, it played into <laughs> i mean whether you look at it being like an 80s vibe or a you know yeah. kind of just really uh i don't know it I've, I started listening to the soundtrack in my car, which probably wasn't the best place because it just feeds into speeding, which, <laughs> which, which was which was good because you know you kind of get into the music a little more. I thought, but Hell yeah, I, know, I liked it. I mean, I, uh, I, I probably haven't dissected it because I've only seen the film once. I don't know if I need to see it again to really get it, to see it differently. But I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was different, and you know, something yeah. that. Something that I'll, I'll listen to in the future when I'm, you know, maybe <laughs> doing, wor- working on something or in the car or it's kind of, it doesn't bug me. Um, well, that's cool. And, and you know, it's growing on me. I don't know how much more it'll grow on me, but uh, but good, uh, good score, uh, I think. Um, let's move it on then to the Critics' Choice Awards, uh, which is the Broadcast Film Critics Association, which, full disclosure, I'm a part of. Um, the... Nominees were Drive, Hugo, The Artist, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and War Horse. And the winner was The Artist. And um, I wasn't shocked with that, really. But what I was shocked about, and then I watched that whole friggin' show, and they kind of joked at the beginning, the two guys who were joking all the time, who weren't very good, uh, said, oh, we're going to leave out all those technical technical awards because those are boring anyway. And so I just laughed, ha-ha, funny Get on with it, and they really did leave them all out, or most oh, of them. Oh wow! And I was, I was, I was furious. I mean, I'm like, okay. When it got to the last half hour, I'm like, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do best score, but they did like best screenplay or best cinematography. I'm like, or I think they did. Maybe that was Golden Globes. Anyway, um, they left out best score. So, just so you all know, I will be writing a letter or an email to this or to the association to say, look. You cannot disrespect. I may be the only one, but I will represent and say you cannot disrespect that reward that award that way, and you need to include that. Even if you just have two people come up, read the nominees, and and the winner is, and get on, you know, about your business. Five minutes, you're done. Not even five minutes. So, I was not happy about that. Um, anyone surprised with the artist winning best for Critics Choice Awards? No. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I I don't like that disrespecting the score. And even worse, the New York film critics did not even give or have the category of best score. And that infuriates me. So they will also get an email, and I will start a campaign uh, for for as many people, soundtrack people as possible. You need to email these people and let them know uh, you need to have a best score award because if you can have – costuming and all these things are important and are part of the film you can have best score um moving it on golden globes the nominees are uh w.e hugo the artist girl with the dragon tattoo warhorse and the winner was the artist anyone surprised <laughs> no no uh what do you guys think of w.e by um abel korzenowski it doesn't come out till january 31st so i haven't heard it Oh, you haven't heard it yet. Oh, you and you love Abel Corzini. I do, right? I do. Yeah, you'll, you'll, I think you'll like this too. Um, anyone else heard it? No, no, no. Seen the film? Also, no. <laughs> film was weird. Uh, it could have been good, but it's kind of weird. Uh, Michael, did you see? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you like it? 
Wait, see the artist? No, W E. No. The Madonna film. No, I haven't. Okay. Sorry. I, I, <laughs> I say it's worth a rental. Um, I know what she was trying to do, but didn't quite pull it off. But the music, I'd say, is better on CD than it is in the film. It's not bad in the film, but better on CD. Um, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if that had won. Uh, but other than that, um, the only thing I could see winning was the artist. Okay, so that brings us to uh, our Oscar nom- or the Oscar nominations and our predictions um, for this year's best score. Before we do that, though, let's just have a little recap of last year, just so we all can remember what was what was uh, said. Do we have uh, last? We? <laughs> we'll make it quick because um, we looked at the year before last year. So last year, we, we uh, Marius, you predicted that How to Train Your da- Dragon uh, should win, um, but and you predicted that it would win. Um, Helen, you predicted that. How to Train Your Dragon should win. Oh, I didn't write it down, but you predicted which one would win. I can't remember. Do you remember? No, sorry. <laughs> I wrote them all down, but I left that one blank. I forget I forget what you said. Um, and, and we were the only three on that one. And I said that How to Train Your Dragon should win, but that Social Network would win. So kudos to me for getting it right. <laughs> um, so let's see how we do this year. Um, uh, the nominations for 2011, or is it 2012? I don't know. I always get, I get confused myself. <laughs> I can't think of which way to go. The the eighty what is it, the eighty first, eighty fourth? Yeah, I, I don't know which one that 84th. is. Either. Well, eighty fourth, eighty fourth, yeah. We don't want to have to print or print retractions. The eighty fourth <laughs> Oscar uh, uh, Academy Awards. Uh, nominations for best score are The Adventures of Tintin by John Williams Hugo by Howard Shore The Artist by Ludovic Borch. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy by Alberto Iglesias. Horse by John Williams.
All right. We're going to do some predicting. Um, but, Marius, you found a very interesting article on Entertainment Weekly. And maybe you can, because there's uh, with every nominee list that's uh, posted every year by the Oscars, there's always a, an outcry of, oh, my God, they shouldn't have this. They shouldn't. I mean, and, and, I'm a, and I'm a part of that. Um, but you found a very interesting article. I wonder if you could give us the highlights of that. Um, well, actually, you know what? Give me a second. I'll, I'll pull up the article and I'll just read that the relevant quotation that I okay. pulled out because that was that was what really kind of. OK, well, to set the stage, it's, um, it's a, it was an article in reaction to the uh, Oscar nominees and specifically this category of best score. And it was on the Entertainment Weekly site. Um, and a very interesting article was written by what was his name Kyle Anderson. Uh, Anderson yeah. Kyle Anderson. Uh, and he had some very interesting things to say about who should have been nominated and who should not have been. All right. So I've got it up. Um, okay. So he was he was upset because um, he felt that it was unfair that uh, John Williams had two nominations on there and that um, Drive did not show up and that um, Trent and Atticus Ross did not show up for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And what he says specifically... Um, is that the after listing the nominees, he says the pro- the big problem there is Williams, whose scores are so formulaic and interchangeable that you could literally assign any of them to any one of Steven Spielberg's movies. In the case of War Horse, the score actually hurts the movie, as I don't think it would be as nakedly emotionally manipulative were it not for Williams' heavy-handedness. In a just world, neither of the Williams scores would have gotten a nod, and Reznor, Ross, and Drive Music Master Cliff Martinez would all be getting their measurements taken for fresh tuxedos today. End quote. <sighs> well, read the, next, read the next sentence, oh. too, about the hacky nominees. Oh, <laughs> oh you want more? <laughs> yeah, Just one more, more sentence. More. <laughs> okay, let me find the next sentence, too. Um... Uh, it says, of course, it isn't just that Reznor and Ross's work on The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was better than some of the hackier nominees. <laughs> <laughs> Those hackier nominees. I mean, I, I think anyone who, I mean, they put out three hours of material. I mean, that should yes, be. He says it's a remarkable sprawl of a score. Yeah, I mean, three hours of material is. Which, what are you talking about? Well, from what they released. The Dragon uh, Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon oh, Tattoo. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they released three hours of, of music that, you know, I'm not sure if it's, you know, three hours used. I mean, I imagine it was, but, or close to, but, I mean, that's that's a lot of music. <laughs> that is. I mean, no one can, they should get the Oscar for best marketing of a soundtrack. I'll give them that. True. I mean, um, uh, well, they, they spent 15 months, you know, just working on this film. I can't imagine working on any one project. If, I mean, obviously, it's a film, so it takes a year just to go through the cycle, but. Yeah. That, now you did a full piece on that. Didn't I did, you? yeah. I, I had a, a, a great interview with them, and I mean, kind of dug into a lot of what the process is like. I, I mean, I'm catching them at the end of their, uh, you know, after all the work has been done, and everyone's patting each other on the back, and everyone's excited about you know the finished piece as they should be. But I don't know. It's I, I've to be honest, I've only been able to get through like the first hour plus, maybe <laughs> hour hour fifteen minutes, because by then I need to take a break. It's just. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not a bad thing. It's just the reality. It's just my ears. You know, you want to have fresh ears, and sure, it's a lot of music. Well, uh, well, now you did a piece on Warhorse as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, your give us what's your reaction to what this what 
Kyle Anderson yeah. uh, is saying here because you have a unique perspective on both of those. Yeah, I, I think he's. Done. I think what he's saying, I agree with. I mean, it. The cues. Wow. The cues for Williams' score in Warhorse. I felt like it definitely fed into just the emotional sweeping sensation of what. How many more S words can I say? But like, there's a lot that I think. But the score did do. I mean, in that way, it just fed into the Spielberg epicness. Yeah, but formulaic and interchangeable. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, people like to tear apart. I saw the great this great video of Spielberg's films and how he has the Spielberg look. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, I did see that. I mean, it's it's like the guy Spielberg's done so many films and so has Williams. He's done so many films and so many scores. It's like at a certain point, it's like, are we going to really dissect it and say that he's not doing anything original? Yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's a hard case for someone who's done so much work like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I, I, I just would, um, read absolutely. something that uh, fellow soundtracks? Uh, I mean, track sounds uh, reviewer Edmund Minerts wrote. He tweeted, uh, mm-hmm. "I'd love to see Kyle Anderson play the Raiders march over Schindler's List footage and eat his words." <laughs> <laughs> so that's. So much for interchangeable. I thought that was great. That's good. That is so good. No, but the funny thing is you can even reverse it. I mean, I challenge anyone to take um, – if, if I were to take a couple of cues from the um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo score and toss them over parts of Social Network and right. and invite people yeah. to tell me which scores they came from, you know, if I mix things up, would you be able to do that? I mean, I yeah. surely the, the Raiders March would not work over top of, of you know – Schindler's List, for instance, but I bet you you'd be able to tell me that's the wrong theme. That one comes from Indiana Jones. Absolutely. I'm not certain that anyone would be able to say, oh, come on, that cue is drone number 46 from this. <laughs> that's not supposed to go there. Come on. Like, I, that's, that's what bothers me is that you can't even – it's so – well, anyway, my point is made. Yeah. Just, but again, it <laughs> goes good. both ways like that. You know, that's, that's the distinction. Yeah, that's an excellent point. That's a, that's an excellent point, Richard. It sounded like you were gonna say something a little bit ago. Um, yeah, I was just wondering, did they really take fifteen months to write that score? Or is that just something they made up? Cause... No, I don't know. I have it on tape. I mean, they said it. It was from their mouth, and uh, okay. I mean, they just... they worked on the. I think from pre-production to you know final delivery, it was a fifteen. It was right after. I mean, it was. I think it was somewhat right after Social Network. So maybe I don't know if the math is right, but it was a year between Social Network and Dragon Tattoo. So maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they knew Dragon. I don't know. Maybe they knew Dragon Tattoo before when they were wrapping up Social Network, and there was some overlap there. Yeah. So that's how they got fifteen months. But yeah. even if they said twelve months, I would take it. I mean, I don't know how you. No, it's. I, I absolutely believe that the figure is correct. That just tells you a whole lot about um, a them and b the uh, the process of of film scoring in uh, in Hollywood. Hmm. What what does it what does it say about them? Well, about them, it says that either they're extremely meticulous about very very basic sounds, or <laughs> should it go mm, boop boop or mm, boop boop? <laughs> Well, I know I mean even more meticulous, like the particular tone quality of the second boop versus oh. the first one, and um, you know, and and I'm all for experimentation. It's uh, but I think probably what they're referring to with that um, that quoted amount of time is also including the time that they spent experimenting on getting the the final palette of of sounds that they would use. So I think they spent mm-hmm. a good amount of time 
going back and forth with the production team saying, okay, well, this, this is, you know, one kind of synthy drone sound and, and this is another kind and which one really fits better. And then, um, like, I, I very much doubt that the actual process of assembling the cues that went in the film took them 15 months. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I certainly believe that they spent that much time, uh, on the project in some capacity. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, does your does your expose and them kind of dive into that part? Mike? Yeah, you know, I, well, there's a lot that obviously you know makes its way in and doesn't make the cut, and there's some other excerpts that um, that I have that we're going to release, and um, you know, it dives okay. in it dives into more of the process. I mean, they definitely don't treat it like a traditional. I think um, a composer might approach a film because they're they were looking at it from more of a sound design. Uh, approach. Um, I mean, I don't. I, want, I don't want. I, I don't want to try to explain how they do it because <laughs> they're, they're the only ones who can. But <laughs> I, I know for sure that I mean, it, it, their 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 style or not their style, but how they go about the process, um, the workflow is very different. And I think it just comes from a place, obviously, that you know this is their second feature film, and and this is what works for them. And and they also work directly. With uh, Ren Kleist, the sound supervisor and sound designer, mm. and, and mm-hmm. you know when you have that type of relationship and you treat a film that way, then it's going to have a different, I think, a different outcome. I mean, it's just hmm. that's my yeah. thoughts. Yeah, that's good. And so you have some pieces that are still yet to be released. Yeah, well, we um, we're holding on to them. We will release them. Um, I mean, the whole I think we spent about forty minutes talking with them, and there's only you know oh, wow. there's a a fair amount of stuff that we'll release just because it's so good and it's it's hard to get some you know in today's media some nice long answers explanations yeah. so <laughs> sure no, i definitely want to you know release it and you know they're on board to do that too so okay well well that i think i know who you're going to be predicting uh then no uh, <laughs> i think i know what you're waiting for <laughs> oh wait they didn't get nominated so yeah they're not you're not waiting for that um <laughs> All right, well, let's let's get to our predictions then. And um, Richard, we're going to start with you. We're gonna I'm going to ask you first, and Helen, I'm going to ask if you will document these okay. for posterity. Sure. And um, uh, just so you know, everyone who's listening, uh, if you look in our show notes, you'll have the link to the article by Kyle Anderson um, calling uh, calling for a referendum. <laughs> In the world of film music. Well, I mean, um, well, before we, I was gonna say, what was the article about? From who was the woman, the producer, whoever, who jumped out about the artist usage of music? Oh yeah. And, um, no, it was um, gosh, uh, Kim Novak, who starred yeah. in in um, Vertigo, and was not happy that uh, they used a bit of that in the artist. Uh, but thankfully, it wasn't enough that it disqualified it from from being eligible uh, for nomination. Uh, you know, I don't know why. I don't. I don't know if she was looking for some PR, and I didn't even know she was still alive. Like, <laughs> wow, you know where'd that come from? I don't. It, something just ticked her off about it. She was not. She was not a happy camper. <laughs> I've heard a few. I mean, I've heard a few other people who have who have chimed in and, and kind of followed suit with what she said. But yeah, yeah, I mean, to the same degree of uh well i don't know i mean i think people that people she... <laughs> people blow stuff out of proportion in their own ways just to yeah. drive uh numbers i guess on for the readers i don't know yeah yeah um okay well richard 
Uh, oh, did I ask you, Helen, if you document this already? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Ready to write um, down everybody's answers. Yes, you do. Um, and the winner will get to talk to Kyle Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richard, who do you? Which of the nominees? Uh, and I'll read them again for you. Tintin, Hugo, the artist, Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy, and Warhorse. Do you think should win out of uh, those five? Uh, Warhorse. Warhorse should yeah. win. Yeah. Okay. And who do you think will win? The artist. The artist. All right. Um, Michael, we'll go with you. Of those five, I don't like do this. <laughs> I don't like uh, this game. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, an easy game. If I had to pick. Should win. Uh, should of those win. Sh- should win. Oh man, should win. I mean, war. I guess out of those five, warhorse. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I'm you... sorry. I'm sorry. Will win is warhorse. Should win is something from the Dragon Tattoo guys or or Cliff Martinez. No, no. Should out of the nominees. No, that's, that's yeah, not yeah. fair. All right. <laughs> yeah, war, I mean, uh, sh- yeah should. I mean, should probably. Uh, I don't know. Hugo will be and it'll be Howard Shore, but John yeah. Williams will take it for Warhorse. Okay, so I mean, your pick out of the five would be if I had to pick the winner out of those five, you would pick Hugo. If it was up to you, out of those five, <laughs> I wouldn't pick any of them. <laughs> oh man, you no. Can't get, no, you can't get over. You got to pick one of them. I'd say it would be Warhorse. Okay, and you think Warhorse will win as well? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Wow, that was a lot harder on you than I expected. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, well, the problem is, is I, 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 you know, I haven't listened. To, I haven't listened to. I haven't seen the artist because I'm late. I haven't seen Tintin, oh, and and okay. so I've I saw Tinker Taylor and I saw Hugo and I saw Warhorse, but I don't know. So what's the what's the holdup on the artist? You don't think you're gonna? Um, like yeah, I don't know. I just. I still haven't seen Titanic. If that says anything, <laughs> get out of here. And that's that's for its own reason. But I don't know. There's another opportunity. It's in 3D. You might have a chance to see it. Uh, yeah. So that just sounds like a um, counterculture thing. Like everyone loves it. Everyone's seen it. I'm not. I just didn't want to hear Celine Dion in 5.1. <laughs> Back oh, in 97. <laughs> Back in 97, that was you know it was okay. It was good. I think it was because but, all of my friends, all 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 my yeah. friends who were girls, were just like they had that Celine song on like repeat, man. And then the radio stations too. It was like, yeah, uh, it, it was too much. I just I just didn't care enough. So it's just that blowback too much, and so yeah. get get me away from it. Okay, oh, but it, I I saw it multiple times in the theater. That's how good it was as a movie. Well, um, you can see it in 3D now. No, I'm, that I will not do. Experience it all again. No, won't do it. And Star Wars as well. They can, they're not getting any more of my money. Three um, D or extra this or enhance that. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Um, okay. So uh, Michael uh, said, with, "I don't even know what I what I with did." Strong yeah. conviction. <laughs> Warhorse should win, and Warhorse will win. With a that was such a solid uh, uh, vote there. Okay. I wish. I, I, well, I was gonna say I wish it was Man or Muppet that was in that category. If that was an original score. <laughs> Instead of original songs, I go for Man or Muppet. <laughs> so you really have a distaste. Have you heard uh, Ludovic uh, Ludovic Bortz's score for the artist? Uh, no, you haven't. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, but I think you should. I mean, despite all the hype, because I saw pre-hype, and which is which is great. 
because um, then I can make my own call. I really enjoy that movie. I know that it's getting all these accolades and winning all these awards. I really enjoy that movie. Uh, I, I, it was, um, I just thought it was very well done. Okay. Um, Marius, who should win out of those five? Uh, tricky. Um, well, here's here's what I'll say. I, I really do believe that uh, it should be a John Williams score. I think that he deserves um, the recognition and uh, especially since he said that these are, you know, if not his last, then among his last scores, I think it's it's high time to you know send him out on a on a good note and and really recognize uh, what he's done for the industry uh, in in a formal way, not just giving him nominations to stack on his pile. Um, uh-huh. So that leads me between the two of them, and personally, I liked Warhorse better. Um, Okay. I, I think Tintin was was excellent, and it's it's more uh, interesting and more innovative. Uh, but when it comes to which one I'd actually listen to, and which one, you know, I'm, I'm likely to come back to a lot, it's it's Warhorse. So that's mm. that's for should. Mm-hmm. Um, and which one I think will win, uh, I'm less certain actually. I think um, I think the artist is what comes to mind immediately, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I, I can see it. I can see them just going with the artist. Um, like I said, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be the the Oscar baby. Mm-hmm. But um, on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, if they gave it to Hugo or if they gave it to um, to one of the Williams ones. So I'll say the artist because I think that's the most likely and that's the one that comes to mind first. But I'm not very solid on it, so I, I won't be upset if it's wrong. Okay. All right. Um, Helen, which do you think should win? I'm going to guess you're going to say Tinker Taylor. Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I think Warhorse is the stronger, strongest score of them all. But the but the the Oscars are judged on how the music works on screen, not on CD. And from I haven't seen the artist, but from everything I've heard, the music is exceptionally strong on screen. So uh, I would say should win Warhorse, will win Artist. Okay. All right. Did Richard, did you go already? Yep. yep. You did. Okay. Um, so I will then say uh, sh- should win. Um, if I'm being honest, of those five, I would say the Artist should win. Um, it, it It is, you know, the movie is wall-to-wall music. Um Kim Novak being upset or not, it it works well in the context of that film. Um, and so I actually do think that it should win. Um, interesting stuff you said on the Williams stuff, uh, um, Marius. I, I think he divides his vote once again and loses <laughs> because he's divided his, his own vote. Uh, I wish I he had only got... Yeah, I wonder if they do this on purpose to keep him from winning. I don't know why they. It's silly. I mean, I, I wish he'd only had one nominated. Yeah, that would have gave him a much better chance. Although, even if it had been either of those, I still wouldn't have have picked it. Um, I, I I really enjoy Warhorse a lot. I enjoy Tintin much more after I saw the film. Um, but neither of them were like like just. They, neither of them overwhelmed me. I expected Warhorse to, but I think the failings of the movie itself kind of uh, brought my brought my um, 
expectations down a bit on that, or not my expectations, but my uh, appreciation of that of that score, uh, as majestic as it is. Um, and so I'll say that uh, the artist should win, and I say that the artist will win. I mean, it's just got too much momentum going. It's like Social Network last year. Uh, you know, it's it's the one that everyone's talking about. It was the sleeper hit. Now it's, as you said, Marius, it's the baby, the Oscar baby. And I think it's going to win a lot of awards that night. And I think that's going to be among them. And I won't be too upset about it. Um, now we could get into, well, what should have been nominated. And that's a whole other podcast. Literally, we will do we will do that with our own awards. Um uh, either next week or the week after. Um, but we'll get into that then. So to recap, Helen, can you recap us quickly? Yes. Uh, Richard said, should win, War Horse will win, Artist. Marius said, should win, War Horse will win, Artist. Helen said. They said the same thing? Yes. Yep, Richard, should win, War Horse will win, Artist. Uh, you said, Christopher, uh, should win, Artist will uh, Will win artist. Yep. And Michael's the only one who's different who said should win horse, will win war horse. Okay. <laughs> well, there you have it. It's ingrained in something <laughs> for us to wait a few weeks to see who I don't even I can't remember the actual date of the Oscars now. It's in February something. That's all I know. I think uh, uh American Idol actually is pushing it out that night. I think it's gonna be a <laughs> what American Idol's pushing it out? What do you yeah, mean? I think they're you know they're moving on the Oscar awards because American Idol is getting better ratings. What? That's really Just kidding. Sad. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. Opion, sorry, February twenty sixth. Twenty sixth Sunday night. It's it's. It, there's no way it can move. Uh, the Oscars are yeah. like the Super Bowl for uh, I imagine oh, exactly. as it is for us or me as it is for you. So oh, actually, I, I mean absolutely. And, and I plan to live tweet it again. That was fun last year. Um, and uh, Helen, going to try to get a stream of it somewhere, or, or I'll try. Just I'll do try. the tweet thing. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know if I could do it by tweet only. That might be too painful. Well, last year I had to do it by tweet only. So, well, yeah, I, you yeah. know, I I might look out and find a streaming broadcast somewhere. I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Well. Um, uh, this was this was a great discussion, and I look forward to seeing uh, who who bails this baby out. And uh, uh, we'll, and we will do our Oscar post mortem again and talk that through. Um, so that's going to wrap up this edition, episode thirty nine of the Soundcast. Want to thank you all for listening. Want to thank you, Michael, for uh, coming on with us and, and uh, sharing your thoughts and expertise. Um, it was uh, really fun having you on. And now uh, you realize you have to come back for the aftermath. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I appreciate you gotta accept, it. Accept your award for naming the naming war horse. Yeah, <laughs> for naming war horse. You're the only one. All <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> uh, for everyone else listening, uh, we want to thank you for being uh, such faithful listeners. We always welcome your feedback on our podcast. We even had someone requesting these to be longer, if you can believe that. Um, and I'd be happy to make them longer, um, provided that someone could help pay for the bandwidth that these long episodes eat up. And you can help us do just that if you go to the site, tracksounds.com, look on the homepage. You'll find a little PayPal button there where you can help support us. Whatever you can do, $2, $20, $2,000. We'll take it all. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, and you can also find a PayPal button on the Soundcast page on our site as well. 
Um, but in terms of feedback, let us know what you think. What are you predicting to be the winner, should win, will win for uh, the upcoming Oscars, February 26th? You can send that to soundcastertracksounds.com. Leave, leave us a voicemail at 407-512-0614. And, of course, you can tweet us at TrackSounds. Michael, where can uh, people contact you and see more of your stuff? Oh, if they want to reach out, um, they can definitely go to soundworkscollection.com. It's a great resource. Or, uh, gosh, I mean, on the Facebook, on the Twitter, on, What's on your the Twitter, phone. What's Twitter handle? Uh, let's see. It's Soundworks Video is uh, okay. it's a good one to go to. All right. Yeah. Very good. Um, Marius, where, where can people reach you? Oh, everywhere, anywhere, where, wherever you like. I'm on I'm on Twitter at uh, Mathazar, one T double Z. I'm on Facebook, same thing. Um, just Google me. I'm everywhere. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Drop by, <laughs> say hi. He's there. Don't worry, he's there. I'm, I'm there. Wherever you need me, I'm, I'm right there. Even Google Plus. Absolutely. Yeah, even Google Plus. Although I have to admit, I don't use Google Plus very much. I haven't quite figured out how to included in yeah. my life it, it just, uh, who, who else is using that that service i haven't figured it out yet the, apparently a lot of people all right. google's kind of forcing people to and I, i'm trying to use it more because i'm using facebook less um but it, it's just techies it's mostly tech people it seems like that that that, that it, it's just fine with me i like techies i'm techie um but yeah um helen where can people find you communicate with you at helen sam at Helen Sand on Twitter. Twitter. All right. And uh, Richard? Yeah, um, at Monkey Butler Man. Monkey Butler Man. We still haven't got that story. One day. I, I, I need to make a story up and then I'll tell you. Okay, well, yeah, start working on it because maybe by the next episode, I want something. Okay. <laughs> I want something about it. If you don't, we'll make Monkey something Butler. up for you. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Soundcast. Uh, we want to thank you all for listening. And so, until we are together again on the internet, we want to ask you to stay tuned.